Hey, Rev City family, those of you tuning in remotely, so glad to be with you today. You can be seated if you're here. If you have your Bible, would you turn to Acts chapter 27? And just so grateful to be uh, back with some of our church family here in the house of God. Again, so thankful for those of you continuing to join remotely. And you know, this is a season where we really just have to lean into Jesus and have a lot of grace for one another. And I just want to tell you, um, I, I began to just feel in my spirit that it was time for us to begin to take measured steps to begin to gather the people of God in the house of God. But again, there's no judgment. There's all, all we have is grace for people who, for whatever reason, there are people who maybe have underlying health conditions or extended family members who have those conditions or maybe who just aren't quite ready to come back into the house of God or into large gatherings right now. And there's a ton of grace for that. We're one family, one body, whether you're here in person or connecting with us online again this morning, we are one body, one family. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a clap and a praise. And And listen, we were hopeful to make it to phase four, phase out. We were really close to, listen, it's a fluid situation. You know, we're monitoring the situation and all the the guidance, and we'll be making decisions accordingly as we go. But we had hoped to make it to the phase out, which really uh, would eliminate the restrictions on gatherings and allow us to meet with nominal social distancing things. And obviously, phase three here in Kansas got extended. and, And I just, when that happened, the Lord just quickened in my heart that there was a, it was time to begin to, to take, to be willing to take the precautions. I don't know how much you could see, those of you joining online, but we removed over half of our chairs here from the sanctuary. We've created seating pods where families or individuals or couples can come and sit in a socially distanced manner. And I, I felt it was important to begin to just take a step towards beginning to gather the people of God again in the house of God. I'll tell you, there's, if there's some things that the Lord has done in my heart, if there's one thing that the Lord's really given me a conviction about, it's about the importance of gathering together as the people of God in the house of God. And I'm thankful for the technology. I'm thankful for online. But I, I really, I believe that Hebrews 10.25 means what it says when it says, do not forsake the gathering together as some have done, but gather together and encourage one another all the more as the day of the Lord approaches. And come on, every day that goes by, we're closer to that day. And so, again, thank you for your grace. Thank you for having grace for one another and just honoring those things that we've put into place to allow us to begin to take those steps and gather together again here as the Rev City Church family. All right, are you there in Acts chapter 27? And if you're you're there, um, say amen. Amen. And last week we began a series called Anchored. And listen, if you haven't noticed, we're going through some storms. And when we go through storms, this is a time for the people of God to be anchored to the promises of God, to the presence of God, and to the people of God, and to the purposes of God. Hebrews 6.19 says it this way, we have this hope, come on, say hope, as an anchor, say anchor, for the soul, firm and secure. Another translation says it this way, a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And listen, the Bible wouldn't say it this way if God didn't know that it was possible and maybe even probable or likely that we would run into storms in life that would cause for our soul to begin to drift, to drift from our convictions, to drift from our calling, to drift from our time with God. And listen, everything that's going on in the world today, I really believe that what God's word says, he means also that he'll take and he'll use all things 
for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Come on, look at your neighbor or whoever you're with and say, that's you and that's me. We're called according to his purpose to come on our hearts, love God, and so he'll use all things for the good. But I also believe that the enemy would like nothing more than to use what we're walking through to cause us to become divided, to cause us to become isolated, to put people in fear and, in, and gripped with isolation and depression. That's the enemy's game plan. And so it's time for the people of God to be anchored to the word of God. Come on, in a way like maybe we never have been before. The seas are raging. The storms are, are blowing. Jesus never promised that that wouldn't happen. He just said, those who hear these words of mine and put them into practice will be like the wise person who built their house, built their life, built their heart upon the word of God. And it says, when the storms come, when the winds blow, that person will stand. But he who builds upon sand won't go so well for him. You know, there's one thing that both camps, those who choose to build their lives and build their marriages and build their families and establish their futures on the word of God, those people and the ones who don't do that, there's, two, there's one thing that those two camps have in common, and that's that the storms are coming. Jesus never promised that there wouldn't be storms. We're going through some storms, and now is the time for the people of God to be anchored, anchored to the word of God. Listen, if you felt uncertain, uncertain about should I or could I or will I, uncertain about everything that's going on. Maybe you found yourself drifting or even doubting where is God in the midst of everything. Turn to Jesus or return to him today. Make a decision, make a determination that I'm dropping my anchor in who he is, this anchor that the Bible talks about, firm and secure, strong and steadfast. There's only one unshakable source of hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. And come on, if you believe it, you ought to say amen. amen. All right, Acts chapter 27. The apostle Paul has had his Saul the Paul experience. The man who was once known for persecuting the church has been radically transformed by the love and the power of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's gone from persecuting the church to being the greatest advocate for the saving power of Jesus Christ. And he's being used mightily in the purposes of God for his life. Yet he found himself imprisoned. And on his way on this ship to stand trial, before Caesar. And so reading verse four, pick up verse four. We're going to read quite a bit of this. Listen, this is one of the, the richest passages in all of the New Testament. And I'm going to have to discipline myself not to preach on, stop and preach on every verse that we visit. But we're going to read quite a bit of this and then we're going to back up and unpack some things that I believe God really wants to speak to you today to, to again, again, cause us to not just hear a good message, but to cause our anchor to be rooted and founded in the word of God. And so reading in verse four, it says, from there we put out to sea again and passed to the Lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. Listen, I mean, as we're reading this, just watch how the Holy Spirit just causes some things to resonate with everything that we're up against and going through. And that, that the word of God doesn't shy away from those seasons. People of God, like they, even the apostle Paul, that was used mightily of God, used to write a third of the New Testament. Listen, this is what he's going through. So take heart today. Take heart this morning as we're reading this. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and encourage you and comfort you that God is not abandoned you. He's with you and he's for you. Amen? Amen. And skipping out to verse 7, it says, We made slow headway for many days and had difficulty arriving off Sinaitis, the place we were headed. 
slow progress and difficulty, opposition. It says the wind did not allow us to hold our course. And maybe you feel like you have been thrown off of your course for your business or your life or your marriage. And it it says we sailed to the Lee of Crete opposite Salmon and we moved along the coast with difficulty, came to a place called Fair Havens near the town of Lycia, and much time had been lost. And sailing had become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement, which was a day of fasting. And it says, so Paul warned them. He speaks up in verse 10. He says, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to both ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Listen, be careful who and what you're listening to in this day and in this hour. Be careful that you're leaning into God's word. Lord, what are you speaking? What are you saying? There's all sorts of opinions about what we should do, what we shouldn't do, what's right, what's wrong. What is your heart in the matter? These men made the opposite decision. And reading on, it says, since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on. And listen, we're going to have to, as believers, we're going to have to be willing to be part of the minority. When the majority is going this way, that we're willing to go back and say, listen, that's not what God's word has to say. As for me and my house, if, you, if, this, if it seems right to you to go that way and to think that way and to believe that way, so be it for you. But as for me and for my house, we will serve the Lord. The majority decided. The majority decided. There are some, there are some moments that are already here and that are coming to us where we're going to have to decide, are we going to go with the flow? Or are we going to stand with God and God's word? And listen, I'm telling you, to those of us who are willing to make that courageous decision, God will back you up. The majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix. Winter there. There was a harbor in Crete, it says, both facing southwest and northwest. And it says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw the opportunity. They weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. When they started out, it felt one way, and quickly things began to shift. And it says the ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. In other words, they were drifting. And listen, this message is inspired by something that I recently went through. I shared a little bit about it last week. It's worth repeating just for the context. The Lord just reminded me about this chapter, and I went to begin to read it as he was speaking in my heart after I had found myself out here at beautiful Clinton Lake. Come on, don't take for granted. This old boy from Texas Panhandle, we used to drive two hours to get to lakes that were much smaller and less beautiful than Clinton Lake. And so I was out there fishing on my boat, and it was a windy day, and my my motor died, and I found my, I, I caught what I thought was a big fish, and it turned out to be a giant log. And so I was disappointed because I thought I had caught something that was worthwhile, and all I had was this old, muddy old log. And in in the distraction of dealing with this, I didn't realize that my motor had died, and I looked up and I found myself in my boat up against the rocks and the winds pushing the side of the boat. And I mean, it was a stressful moment as the rocks are scraping the side of my boat and and I'm working to get this thing untangled. I have no power. And the Lord began to speak to me as I was kind of just revisiting this stressful moment. He said, there's a danger to drifting. And he began to just challenge my heart that in many ways I began to drift spiritually. 
And that in many ways, if we were honest with ourselves, perhaps many of us, because of everything that's going on and the, and the social distance and the isolation and the lack of gathering together with the people of God, come on, kudos to you. If you've been disciplined to stay connected and engaged to church online, it's hard with kids pulling at you and the sun shining and the lake calling your name and all the things that you can do. It's a moment where we're really realizing what we really believe. And do we do things out of convenience or out of conviction? And the Lord began to just challenge me that there were some places where, even as your pastor, come on, I hope you don't mind hearing this. If you expect your pastor to be perfect, you probably ought to just keep looking for a different church. I just, the Lord was just speaking to me that there were some ways that I was drifting. There were some ways where I was doing things in my own spiritual life and my faith because they were convenient, not because I was really convicted. And the Lord just began to challenge me about the danger of drifting and just speaking to me that you rarely drift to your desired location. You find yourself drifting, you almost always, hear me church, end up in a dangerous place. You cannot afford to drift spiritually. You rarely drift to your desired location. I got distracted by that log that I had hooked. I got dis disappointed by the fact that what I thought I was going to experience wasn't what I thought it was going to be, which led to discouragement, caused me to begin to drift. Listen, this anchored series, these next few weeks, open your heart and receive. It's, it's a call from the Holy Spirit. It's a call from your Heavenly Father, a call back to a place of purpose and passion a call back to a place of priority and pursuit of God, prioritizing him and seeking after him with all of our hearts, seeking his presence, being with his people, seeking his promises, which are found in his word, and seeking out and pursuing the purposes of God for which he created you because you were not saved just to get to heaven. You were saved for a purpose and you were birthed into this world for such a time as this. What's distracting you? What's disappointing you? What has you discouraged? What has you drifting? This is where you've been disappointed. God is reminding you today, hear this today, where you've experienced disappointment, something that you thought was going to go one way. God's reminding you that you may have experienced some setbacks, but you are still standing. You may have experienced some delays, the timing that you thought this or that or the other was going to happen or the breakthrough you were going to experience. You might have experienced delays, but listen, hear me today. The promises of God are still yes and amen, and the word of God over your life is still active. Where you've become discouraged. Today, my prayer for you, I mean for you, every man, every woman, every young person, my prayer for us is that today the Holy Spirit begins to fill your sails with the fresh wind that begins to move you forward towards the destination God has for you. He begins to touch your heart with a fresh fire that begins to burn away the lies and the deceptions of the enemy that he's been speaking over you in this season. It causes your heart to once again Burn brightly for Jesus Christ. Burn brightly for the things of God. Burn brightly for the people of God. Burn brightly for the purposes of God. Come on, that he has for you, that he has for your marriage, that he has for your children, that he has for your business, that he has for this community, that he has for this church. Come on, for Rev City Church, where you've been drifting. God's calling you back to a place of passion, a place of purpose, a place of priority, a place of pursuit, moving forward 
towards the call of God on your life, once again, fixing your eyes on Jesus. Back to Acts 27, reading in verse 18, pick it up there. It says this, we took such a violent battering from the storm. Come on, who feels battered and beat up by everything that we're going through, either physically or in your spirit or your soul? And it says they, they took such a violent battering that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And picking up in verse 21, it says, after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. And I, I love this. It's Paul's I told you so moment. He couldn't resist. And so he said, I told you so. But now he says, but I urge you, verse 22, to keep up your courage. Come on, look at your neighbor or whoever you're with today and say, keep your courage. Keep up your courage. Don't lose heart. Keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Only the ship will be destroyed. But your life, your marriage, your family, your calling, there might be some ships that are going down, but you're not going down with it. You need to make that resolve today. I, 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 look, well, look what Paul says. He says, last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve came and stood beside me. Paul knew who he was. Now's the season. I mean, ships are, the storms are raging and ships are going down. You need to reckon it, decide it today, settle it today. I belong to God. He is with me and he is for me. And the storms might be raging and the ship might be sinking, but because I belong to him and I'm serving his purposes for my life, my life cannot and will not be taken one day before the number of days that God has appointed for me. And the purposes of God have been fulfilled over my life. Come on, that's good news. That's a good reminder. Someone ought to say, amen. amen. The God to whom I belong, the God to whom I serve stood beside me and he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. There's a purpose in the storm. There's a destination. And, and, and there's a resistance, but it's because the enemy knows that when you get there, you're going to be able to testify, Paul, I'm putting you before the emperor of all the land, and you're going to have the opportunity to tell him about this glorious grace of God that has been revealed to us by the Father through Jesus Christ. There's a purpose in the storm. And your purpose is greater than your storm. He said, you must stand trial. Paul, the, the, the storm is raging, the ship is sinking, but, but the ship might go down, but somehow, someway, you will arrive at your destination that I have predestined for you. This place of purpose. And he says, and God's graciously given you all the lives of those who sail with you. So keep your courage, for I have faith in God that it will happen as he has told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. In verse 27, reading on, on the 14th night, we were still being driven across the sea when about midnight, the sailors, since they were approaching land, and verse 29 says, fearing that they would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. And listen, last week, I encouraged you with this concept of four anchors. And I encouraged you that I really believe that more than just 
more than, than just four illustrations in a message, more than just an alliteration. And come on, you know it's from God if they all start with the same letter and these all do, that there are four things that if we as the people of God will really grab onto and say, and in my life, I'm going to prioritize and pursue these things, the presence of God, which is all about being a person of prayer and praise, continuing in the midst of the storm to hit our knees and look to him, find our hope and find our strength in his presence and giving him thanks and expressing how grateful we are for all the ways that he is seeing us through God's presence, God's promises, which are his word, that now is a time more than ever before that we must be in the word. Earlier, Paul said, you haven't eaten in a long while. Listen, in the same way that food is nourishment to our physical bodies, the word of God is nourishment to our souls. And maybe some of us are malnourished. This is not a season where you can afford to drift from God's promises. We've got to be as the people of God, in God's presence, in his promises, with his people, and living out his purposes for anchors. And listen, this is an hour, this is a day we don't need to just be hearers of God's word, but doers. More than just believing in God. There's a lot of people that believe in God. But this is a day, this is an hour. The world is shaking. That the world needs the people of God to not just be believers in God. They need us to be living out our faith. They need us to be speaking up the truth, the love of God, the, the mercies of God, the forgiveness of God, the righteousness of God. They need us to be speaking into all the matters that we're facing in the world today because if we do not, the enemy will always fill the void. He fills the void with hate and division and depression and isolation. It's time for the people of God to stand on the promises of God. And it says in verse 30, it says, in an attempt to escape the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down in the sea, pretending that they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. There's no more room for being pretenders. There are places, come on, in my life, the Lord's just challenging me. He's convicting me about places. I, we can't afford to pretend anymore. We have to be rooted and grounded. We have to be found in God's presence. We have to be people of God's word. And right where you are, just, just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, where are the places where I've been drifting from my convictions? Where are the places where I've been drifting from my calling? Where are the places where maybe I've been drifting from one or more of those four anchors? Being found in your presence, hitting my knees in prayer every day, recognizing my strength, my hope, it must come from you if I'm gonna make it to the purposes of God for my life. Or maybe you've drifted from the promises of God. We can't afford to pretend and we can't afford to drift. And it says in verse 18, and I'll close here. Revisiting verse 18, it says that they, had, they had taken such a battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. And listen, if you're here with us physically, and even if you're joining with us remotely, just I want to encourage you, just stand to your feet in a posture of just presenting yourself before God and preparing yourself to receive from God in a posture of responding to whatever it is that God is speaking to your heart today. And it says they had taken a violent battering, and it says they began to throw the cargo over. And listen, when you go through a storm, be careful about the cargo. Be careful about the baggage that you allow for the enemy to place upon your life. 
They began to throw the cargo overboard. Another translation says they began to lighten the load. They realized that they were at risk of sinking, at risk of drowning if they weren't willing to recognize some things that had become attached to their journey that were not really necessary. What has the enemy tried to attach to your soul, to your heart, to your relationship, to your life? That's baggage and you're carrying it and you're at risk of going down with the ship because you're trying to get these things that are no longer necessary. Maybe some things that even once were helpful, but now you look up and they're no longer helpful relationships or whatever it is. Where are there things that you can begin to throw overboard to lighten your load? It's where I felt the Holy Spirit impressed upon me to pause, to just minister to the people of God and to ask the Lord to minister to those of you joining us online. Just ask him, just right there where you are, just say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What are you speaking to me? Where are the places where I've been become di distracted? Where are the places where I've become disappointed or discouraged and the ways that that's caused me to begin to drift? Where are the places where I've allowed spiritual baggage? Where are the places where I've allowed things that are no longer helping me to make it forward towards the journey, towards the promise, towards the purpose with intentionality? And, and right there where you are, come on, I mean, really open your heart to receive and respond. What are those things that today the Lord would say, throw it overboard, cast it off of the ship, lighten your load. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Come on, throw it overboard. Throw it overboard. What's distracting you? What's disappointing you? What's discouraging you? What's holding you back from the promise, from the purpose of God? Throw it overboard. Fear, throw it overboard. Judgment, throw it overboard. Anger, throw it overboard. Unforgiveness, throw it overboard. Things that are weighing you down. Addictions, dependencies, lust, throw them overboard today. Depression or isolation, insignificance, throw them overboard today. And Lord, right now, in this moment, thank you for the grace and the mercy and the compassion of a good heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit of God moving upon the hearts of the people of God to recognize those things. And Lord, thank you that you reveal, hear this, people of God, when God reveals something to you, it's because he wants to heal something in you. Throw it overboard. What are those things? Throw it overboard. Throw it overboard. Listen, I've already had you all stand. I just trust, but you, you've, you've got to respond in your heart. Recognize those things and get real with God. When you get real with God, those struggles, fear, addictions, depression, whatever it is for you, when you get real with God is not when God finds out about it. He's known all along. It's when we begin to position ourselves to receive from the Holy Spirit of God and the power of God and the presence of God to begin to be set free from those things. Throw it overboard. Lighten your load. Thank you, Lord, that you're doing it today. But I pray that today would be a day of salvation, Lord. Not just for the lost, but for those of us who are believers who have been hanging on and holding on to things. Maybe today we didn't even realize it, but under the anointing of this message, as the Spirit of God is speaking to you, you're realizing that there are some things that the enemy's trying to attach to your soul. Again, fear, judgment, unforgiveness, 
throw it overboard today. And Lord, I thank you. You're lightning loads. You're setting hearts free, free from fear. Come on, where fear has been operating, faith is rising. Where unforgiveness has been strangling and suffocating, forgiveness, come on, release them. Release them. Release them today. When you forgive them, it doesn't make what they did right. It just makes you free. Release them today in the name of Jesus. Throw it overboard. Throw it overboard. Thank you, Lord. Also, thank you for those who are here today or joining us remotely who maybe have drifted to a faraway place. You're far from God. Listen, friend, if that's you, we want to give you the opportunity, those of you who are here or joining us remotely, to give your life to Jesus Christ. Come on, to receive the lifeline that a good heavenly Father threw, the, threw to us in a world that is shaking and the storms that are raging. He loved you too much to let you go down with the ship. He sent Jesus to pay the price for every sin. And all we have to do is repent and turn from those sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not because we deserve it. It's not because we earn it. It's just because we receive it. So right there where you are, if that's you, right where you are in your heart, just begin to say, Lord, I, I, I repent and I turn and I receive. Listen, we want to pray this with you today. If that's you, you're turning your heart towards God. If that's you, we want to pray this with you. We do it for a couple of reasons. And church family, you know we do it every week. We do it to show those who are responding. And we want to come alongside them and just quickly affirm they have a spiritual family in God that wants to encourage them and strengthen them and affirm them and help them and serve them and support them in their new or rededicated relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also pray this prayer together as a church family because it reminds us that even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. We never graduate from grace. We need Jesus as much as we ever have before. Come on, if you know that's the truth, say amen. And so let's pray this together. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. I thank you for sending Jesus. Pay the price I could never pay to make a way that I might have a new life, a fresh start. And I give you that life. I give you my trust. And come on, because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus Christ, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. Can you put your hands together and rejoice with all of heaven for the precious people who dedicated their life to Jesus? Well, listen, friend, if that was you or you were responding to the Lord in this room, we're going to do altar ministry even a little bit different today. So we want to ask all of you who responded to Jesus, would you reach out to us? We would love to hear from you. Text new life to text number 30500 or email us newlife at revcity.com. We have a gift that we want to put in your hand, a fresh start Bible, a wonderful new Bible that we would love to send to you or put in your hands to encourage you in your fresh faith in Jesus Christ. Wasn't well, the Lord good? Come on, he's faithful. He's seeing us through. He's seeing us through some storms. We're anchored. We're anchored in his presence, his promises with his people for his purposes and his glory. But before we dismiss, let's worship the Lord together one more time today.